Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Corbett, your host, and once again, Mr. Brandon Noway here is with me. And Brandon, it is one exciting day in baseball today. Here we are. It is Tuesday, September 15th, and what news is breaking as we speak? I know that the Mets have a new owner. Yeah, the Mets have a new owner. Yes, indeed. That was amazing. And it wasn't, it wasn't A-Rod. Oh, was it? He and uh, J-Lo got booted from the Mets, I think, about a couple of weeks ago. But we, we'll talk about that in a bit. The big, big, big news is, da, 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 da. I think I need, like, the fanfare for the common man starting here. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. The playoffs. The playoffs, man. I mean, we've been thinking about it. You and I talked before, is there even going to be a season in 2020? And if we do have a season, what's it going to look like? And are they going to make it to the playoffs? Evidently, it looks pretty good. I mean, there's only a week and a half left of regular season, and they're starting to break out some of the information of when and where. Yeah, we've really been in the dark the whole season, it feels like, with the playoffs. We didn't know exactly what they were going to do. And about a week ago, you and I started piecing together through reports what was going to happen. Just this morning, it was confirmed that's what they're doing, and now we know how they're going to set up the playoff bubble. So what is there going to be like three or four bubbles? How's that working, Brandon? It's really interesting. You have four individual bubbles and you're sending the AL teams to California where they'll be playing in Dodger Stadium and in the, at Petco Park. And then you're sending the NL teams to Texas with one team playing in Houston and the other playing in Arlington. You know, it's going to start, you got the eight teams for each league making it. They're starting a wild card. You, you want me to read off the plan? Yeah, well, yeah, if you like. I mean, I, I was just going to say about the, the, the locations. It's interesting. I mean, when you're talking about uh, Arlington, Arlington is not just going to be uh, for one of the division games. It's actually going to be where the World Series is as well, isn't it? Yeah, Arlington is going to be like the big – that's the goal line. That's like how everybody in football wants to get to Tampa for the Super Bowl. Everybody wants to get to Arlington for the World Series. We're talking 30 teams, but right now looking at this, and of the 16 teams and the, the locations are going to be at, those 16 teams obviously are going to have eight from each league, eight from the American, eight from the National. And they're composed of, I think, the first and the second leader of each division team. Is that correct? Um, the first three seeds will be seeded by division winners. So one through three, if you win the division, you get that. Okay. And then four to six are the runners up, runner-ups of each division. And then the two best teams remaining each league get the seventh and eighth seed. Okay, so each division will have two representatives in there. There's, there's that much is done. Basically, four through eight are a wild card, but if you're a runner-up, you get four to six, and then either team, no matter what division you're in, gets seventh or eighth seed. Wow. So okay, you can theoretically have four teams in your division in playoffs. <laughs> Oh, that's insane, crazy nuts. Okay, well, kind of walk us through that. Can you give us a, a layout of what the uh, playoffs are going to look like? All right, so a little bit longer playoffs, which is nice. That's always the best time of baseball. It looks like the AL is going to kick September 29th with the top four seeds hosting a best of three series. That's supposed to run from the 29th to October 1st. And then the NL starts September 30th and runs through the October 2nd, if that's necessary. Then we move on to the division series, the highest remaining NL seed hosts in Arlington, Texas, and the next highest NL seed hosts in Houston. And on the AL side, the highest seed hosts in San Diego with the next highest AL seed in LA. 
I believe that goes back to a best of five series. Then in the championship series, the AL is in San Diego with the NL in Arlington, best of seven. And then the World Series would start October 20th in Arlington and end no later than October 28th. Wow, that's, that's crazy. I'm looking here, too, as far as we, we were talking about the bubbles where they're all located at. And the NLDS is going to be played in Arlington, Texas. And we're looking. Uh, yeah, they'll be both be played in Arlington and Houston. Arlington and Houston, thank you. So in each one of those, they'll break down the winners of each division. What well, the division of wild card and second, first and second in, in those divisions will be tearing off with the best of five for the division. Is that correct? You're saying? Yes. Pretty much the only thing that changes is the wild card series is three games. Instead of the past, where it's really just been one game and you're out. Yeah. Well, it should make for a much more exciting season. I'm really curious to see uh, what kind of rules they may have for the the bubbles here too have you seen anything on that as yet i haven't seen anything definite the only thing i have seen really past is that any team that's either clinched or still alive in the playoff race in the last week will have to quarantine in a hotel whether they're at home or on the road that's the only thing i've seen so far that's set in stone i don't know what else they're doing you know with families and stuff i've seen they may have to let them in later because of hotel space. But so far, nothing definitive other than the hotel quarantine. Evidently, once your team's out, you can leave the hotel. It's not surprisingly, nobody really wants to leave the hotel for that reason. But uh, evidently, that's, when I was looking at it earlier, one of the few things they can do. So th- and this is amazing. I mean, here we are less than two weeks away, and this season's going to start uh, the postseason September 29th. And I'm looking at who's going to be broadcasting at these. I'm seeing like the wild card round. Looks like ESPN is going to be doing some of that. And TBS may be carrying the other when we're talking about the wild cards. Yeah, it's going to be nice. You have more baseball on all day. It's, it's going to be great. Well, you, you know, Brandon, I mean, a lot of things going on with this. And you got to wonder, I mean, without having people in the stands for these different series in the different divisions, where are they going to make their money? I, mean, I can only guess – what the difference will be from what they normally have. Have you heard any projections on what they anticipate making this year? Well, according to this ESPN article, if they play the full postseason, they could reap upwards of $1 billion just from TV revenue. And that's evidently why they wanted to get this through so quickly is to get to that payoff of playoff revenue. Well, that's understandable. I mean, with it like being such a hard season, I was wondering you know, what they would be able to do. Obviously, the, the gate proceeds are a big part big part of what they make, but that's not happening. I saw a sign the other day saying, scalper, out of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's a different thing. It's a different world out there. I mean, we, we talked before about having to make sure we got our own, uh, our own ballpark food at home, but it's been interesting looking at this. And when you're looking at postseason matchups and looking at the standings right now, some things, you know, seem fairly clear cut on who's going to be on, on there. I guess San Diego would be on there. I mean, some people were wondering if they're going to be able to edge up enough, but I think they're definitely going to get the second spot in that division. And yeah, a lot of locks. The Padres, the Dodgers look like they're they're really close to getting locked in. The Rays, White Sox, they're getting really close as well. The Twins, Yankees, or not the Yankees, the A's, they're closing in as well. Yeah, the Yankees, let's see, I'm looking as far as those that are over 500. Uh, Yankees are barely over 500. When they have lost five of their ten, last 10 games. Then looking at the Orioles, 
last team year, also five and five. Okay, well, let's kind of talk some other silly stuff going on in baseball. We talked about the Mets. New York Mets have a fan base, I think, that loves them. There's been really some interest as far as what was going to happen if they were going to have a new owner. I, I really anticipated that A-Rod and J-Lo were going to get that team. Yeah, I really thought they were going to as well. You know, the star power, you know, is J-Lo and A-Rod owning the Mets. And especially in New York, you think that would be like a massive, not just great PR move, but fan interest standpoint as well. You're having two big time celebrities coming in there. No, no. Yeah, you could have uh, J-Lo come out and she could do the national anthem. Apparently, I mean, I feel bad for Mets fans because they hate their owner. I hate my team's owner as well. I think I made that perfectly clear. On more than one occasion. And, oh, yeah, many occasions. <laughs> well, you know, one other thing we're talking about, uh, what's going on uniquely at some of these stadiums. And without having fans in there, it's been interesting looking at the cutouts and my son pointed out to me that uh, one of the teams they had a, a cutout of the weekend of Bernie's guy, you know, the corpse, if you will, is chilling out there in the stands a while back. Also, what's interesting is the music that's played at the game and looking as far as, well, you know, with the walk-up music, there's also background music that's played through. Some of the things, though, as I was looking at what the DJs at Dodger Stadium were playing the other day when they had uh, – and the Astros there, and some of the songs they're playing, I guess, maybe as their way of saying, we love you, Astros, <laughs> were The Lying Eyes by the Eagles. Let's Ooh. see. Bang It on a Trash Can. I know that was a song. Oh, I love that song. Mental Health, Quiet Ride. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that seems appropriate. Video Killed the Radio Star, and I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like uh, what are some of the other ones? Hard Knock Life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you haven't done nothing by Stevie Wonder. Shut up by the Black Eyed Peas and like that. And then I think probably my favorite is by Lizzo, Truth Hurts. <laughs> I believe they even played I Saw the Sign. You're right, they did. And, you know, it's uh, Astros, you know, maybe you won't get hit by a ball, but maybe just get a little less love it with the music being played while you're there. So I'd much rather them do that than throw balls at them. So that – that's having a little fun still in the game and not being too rude, but just enough to remind, remind them, hey, we know who you are. We know what you did, and we haven't forgot just yet. Yeah, hey, the Dodgers were polite, but their Dodger fans outside the stadium, they weren't so polite. I don't know if you've seen those videos. Do share. Oh, yeah, they were sitting outside the gates waiting for the Astros buses to come through and had a bunch of people with trash cans and signs with words that I – not going to repeat on on these airwaves, <laughs> calling them number one, you know. Of course, they got the attention of Joe Kelly, who, to get into Dodger Stadium, had to drive past him, and he was honking his horn, encouraging them on. And, hey, they said that fans will, fans will forget eventually, you know, this virus will take away the hatred. But apparently it doesn't. Dodgers fans remembered. It's pretty ugly. They're, they're going to hold that in their hearts, I feel, for a while. You know, I've, I've been doing some homework on minor league baseball. It's one of the reasons I, inter I interviewed Bruce Vogue today from Just Barely Sports Podcast is because he did a great podcast on the minor league baseball history, you know, in short. Everything that's happening, I don't think people think, of, I mean, you and I, if we look at what's going on in the world right now, you know, you've got the pandemic, you've got racial injustice issues, you've got all of this that's happened. And those are very serious things. And less, less, much less serious things are sports, you know, 
And then you've got right now the hockey championships going on. You have that. You also have everything going on with the NBA and their bubble. So all these things are gobbling up a lot of the news, not surprisingly. And the whole thing, of, and of course, what's going on with baseball and now the playoffs. But what's not gobbling up the news is what's happening with the minor leagues. And I want to go on this a future issue, but a future episode. But what I want to state here is this. As of like September 30th, there may not ever be another entity like the minor league baseball. Those offices in St. Petersburg may very well be shuttered after that. Because one thing when it comes to working with minor league baseball, they have had their own organization. Not completely independent from MLB, but somewhat. That quasi-independence is going to will probably most likely be squashed. That's something I want to cover in a future episode where we take a look at things that have slowly pulled away from what minor league baseball was originally, from the 160 teams that they had last year to the 42 that MLB wants to cut from that. So those are some of the things we're going to do in, in a future edition of baseball biz. It's, it's disheartening that of September 30th, the professional baseball agreement, which is the agreement between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball, will have expired. And I can tell you this much, that it, within a month, the people who are coming to the table for a Minor League Baseball and Major League to, to sit down and negotiate, Minor League Baseball, within 10 days, rotated three different teams of negotiators in there. So the first ones were there. They cut them out, brought in three, you know, a second group, some of the same people, but some that were a bit more aggressive about minor league baseball. And then they took those out. Another one came, a group came in. And what happened during that, I guess right after that, was the gentleman who's been the president of minor league baseball went ahead and turned in his resignation. If that isn't the last canary in the cage in the coal mine, I don't know what is. Actually, the canary in coal mine should have been about a year ago. We were looking at when Manfred first came out with saying he was going to cut 42 teams. We'll dig in much deeper on this on a future episode, but I did want to kind of take a peek because I think this is news that's getting lost. And it shouldn't be. I mean, there's plenty of more important things in life to talk about besides baseball, when you look at 160 communities out there that will be impacted by that decision or lack of a decision, and you look at 42 teams, 42 communities that will no longer have a team that is affiliated or at least attached to the possibility of going to have their team roster folks move up through the system, that takes away something. I just wanted to put my little two cents in here about that. We'll dig in more to what's happening with minor league baseball in an upcoming edition of Baseball Biz. Yeah, and the impact of them cutting 40 teams out of 160, just percentage-wise, that's a big percentage. But not just baseball-wise, it's going to affect you know, the, the small communities that a lot of these you know, short-season leagues are in and how many guys are going to lose out on opportunities to move up the chain and maybe make it to the MLB one day. How many guys are going to get to lose that opportunity because there's just not enough spots anymore. And I think some of these clubs are going to have some natural attrition. Well, maybe not natural is the wrong word to use, 
during the pandemic and having the season closed down, these places haven't been able to really generate any revenue, you know, modest at best. So some of these may be going to close their doors anyway. It's unfortunate, but I'm curious of the remaining teams of uh, after that 40 are dropped and you've got 120 teams left, you know, even then the health of some of those, it's going to be curious to see how they hold up. It's interesting too, because some of the teams that are being cut at a lower league teams, they have maybe a pretty good attendance. Anyway, like I said, we'll go into this a lot more in a future episode, but I, I just want to get my two cents out there and remind people what's going on because I don't think it's really being covered that much. No, it's not. And to be honest, I don't know if I really know anything about it if we weren't doing this show together. That's how much it's not been covered. Exactly. I mean, I had to dig out, you know, I had to dig and dig for some of this information out there. Anyway, but I'd like to get back to something a little bit more pleasant. Oh, you know, one thing we didn't cover the other day when we were talking about bad behaviors, I forgot to talk about the GM Rizzo getting uh, kicked out of the game. You remember that? Yep. Yeah, should put him in there with the bad behavior that he's up there, what, in the tier, the second tier from balcony, and he's saying something. Joe West hears him. Joe West throws him out from from there. I don't know how Joe West can hear that. I mean, he got like elephant ears or whatever it's called. <laughs> you know, but without the regular crowd, maybe maybe it's easier. I don't know, but he uh, he certainly certainly got his news on that. Talk a little bit about bad behavior, and I saw Sergio Romo. I think it was him and Lindor had a little bit of a, a spat the other day. So they started. He started saying uh, Lindor finished, but I think he struck him out. Sergio evidently said something to him from the mound. It's like, why does any pitcher need to speak from the mound after they struck somebody out? Of his mound? You know, beyond my imagination. It's not like that hasn't happened recently. You know? So it was. Yeah, you got to you got to scratch your head and say what anyway. And Rome was no stranger to starting little, a little bit of a brouhaha. He did it when he was here against the Nationals a couple of years ago after he struck the guy out. Yeah, yeah. And I always liked him because he's just kind of a quirky fella, you know. And I always, it was always interesting to watch him as a reliever because he had a certain intensity about it. But, you know, it, it needs to stay from between the, the mound to the plates. So that's where that intensity needs to stay, you know, for the pitching and it's not really, really needed anywhere else. But I thought that was kind of interesting to see he was doing that as well. Well, now that we've gotten through some little jocularity here, do you have any other things else to add to the wild world of baseball this week? Well, this ties in a little bit to bad behavior, but also good news for a Mets fan base. If you recall, a few years ago, the Mets, one of their owners was involved in a Ponzi scheme. So he lost his ownership, speaking of bad behavior. But the good news comes in for all you Mets fans out there. The Wilpons look like they're going to be on their way out. As Steve Cohen has agreed to purchase a majority ownership of the New York Mets. Looks like it's going to be about 80% controlling share. And that'll value the team at $2.6 billion now. And he was a minority owner coming into this year. I believe he was at 8%. And that he bought in 2012 after the you know, Ponzi scheme went through for $40, $40 million in 2012. And he now owns a majority stake in the New York Mets. So congratulations to them. They get a new owner, get an owner that they don't like out of there, and hopefully brighter days for, their, for the Mets. Indeed. And, and good, uh, good fortune for their fans as well. 
as you said, maybe somebody they can like a little more than the previous owner. Yeah. It's always nice to have a great owner. <laughs> well, I'm talking about owners. It's a, you know, I'm, I'm curious too. you know, us being here from Tampa, what our owner owner's going to do as far as the renaming one day of the, the Tampa race, Tampa race is going to be, you know, the Tampa Montreal race. Is it, and here's a curious question too. Once they are the Tampa Montreal race or whatever they may become, Will there be two national anthems played in Tampa every time the, the team plays? I don't know. Maybe. It'll be like when you go to Lightning Games and they have the team from Canada come in. Yeah, but since, since we have <laughs> a you know, dual nationality at that point, I would think that no matter where we're playing the Texas Rangers or if we're playing the Blue Jays, we would still be playing two anthems because maybe. they have I, – I don't know. It'll be interesting. <laughs> See, it's one of those questions that will bother me into my sleep tonight. Hopefully we don't have to find out because no. they stay full time. Well, let's let's get down to the let's get down to the crux of what's happening right now as far as these teams that want to make it to the playoffs. What's going on with the standings? Looking at the standings, starting the AL, start out out west this time. The Oakland A's leading the, the Western Division at thirteen and eighteen, six and a half games ahead of the Astros, who are only a game and a half ahead of the Mariners. In the AL Central, the White Sox still lead that division by two games ahead of the Twins, five games ahead of the Indians. And then in the AL East, the Rays lead that division at 30 and 17. Their lead has been cut to three and a half over the Blue Jays and four over the New York Yankees. Now, the, the Rays, I won't say they've been struggling, but they had such a good run for a while, but they've been had a few challenges, I guess, in the last week. Yeah, they've cooled off a little bit. The offense hasn't been clicking off cylinders. The pitching's been a little bit iffy, it seems like. But they were playing so good for such a long stretch. They're going to come down to earth a little bit. And <laughs> it's so what, just ebbs and flows of the year. And in the NL West, we'll start there. The Dodgers still lead that division at 33-15. and 15, But the San Diego Padres have really closed the gap on that one as they're only a game and a half behind the Dodgers, and they play this week. So that should be a series definitely worth watching. The Central, the Cubs still lead that division 28-20, and 20, four games ahead of the Cardinals, five and a half games ahead of the Reds, six ahead of the Brewers. And closing out the standings in the NL, we have the, the Braves leading the, AL, or the NL East. And close out the NL, you have the Braves still leading the NL East at 28-20, and 20. Two and a half games ahead of the Marlins and four games ahead of the Phillies. And taking a look at what the playoff format would look like right now if they were to start today in the AL, the White Sox would be the number one seed hosting the number eight seeded Indians. Then at number two, you'd have the Rays taking on the number seven Yankees. And at three, you have the A's taking on the number six Astros. And closing out the AL, you have the Twins at four and the Blue Jays at five. Heading to the National League, you have the Dodgers taking on the Giants with the Dodgers the one seed. Then at number two, you have the Cubs with the number seven Phillies, number three, Braves and Cardinals, and number four, Padres Marlins. We also have magic numbers coming in on the NL side. You have the Dodgers. Their magic number is three to clinch a playoff spot. The Padres at four, and the Braves and Cubs both at eight. The AL side, you have the White Sox magic number at four, the Rays and Twins at five along with the A's. And then at nine, you have the Blue Jays, Indians, and Yankees at nine. 
Wow. I love the magic numbers, by the way. That's, that's a pretty good indicator, you know, of, of what they need to achieve. And I'm sure the passion and talent is going to show up in, the, in here in the next week and a half. Probably next week, you'll be able to tell us even more that have been eliminated or don't have, maybe have no magic number who had one this week. Yeah, ne- next week, we could, we could be talking about who's already clinched. That, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So we were just talking about, the, talking about the first week. Well, it's exciting times. I know that much. So. I'm excited about this season. I've been, you know, like I said, I didn't think it was going to happen. And I certainly didn't even think it would last the, the season playoffs. I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out what the rules are going to be at the bubbles and how they coordinate all that. It's exciting times. We'll see, my friend. Yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. Nice. It seems like it's going to be a really cool playoffs this year with it being expanded. I'm excited to see how it looks and, you know, maybe see what comes from it as well. Hey, Brandon, why don't you give us a, a recap from last week? What's going on, man? All right. We'll start back to last week again. Start out in Washington with the race, taking on the defending champion Nationals, with the, with the Nationals taking both of those games in a Series 2 against to none. And the St. Louis, you had the Twins taking on the Cardinals, with the Twins taking two of those games. Then in Philly, we had the Red Sox taking on the Phillies in another two-game series, both teams splitting that series. A four-game series in Cleveland between the Royals and Indians, with the Royals taking three out of four. Another four-game series out in California between the Astros and A's, with the A's taking three of four. Back to a two-game series in St. Louis, with the Twins taking on the Cardinals, and both teams split that series. Then the best team in New York takes on the Yankees, with the Blue Jays and Yankees taking each other on, with the Blue Jays taking two out of three. (laughs) I I love love it, too. Always got to take a shot at the Yankees. Then heading to Pennsylvania with the White Sox and Pirates taking on each other. Both teams splitting that series of two. Then heading down to Atlanta with the Braves taking on the Marlins, with the Braves taking two out of three. Another two-game series up in the Motor City between the Brewers and Tigers. Both teams splitting that series, a game apiece. Along with the Orioles and Mets splitting a series at a game apiece up in New York. And heading to Arlington with the Angels taking on the Rangers, with the Rangers taking two out of three from the Angels. Up in the Windy City, you had the Reds taking on the Cubs, with the Cubs taking two out of three. Then out of San Diego, the Rockies and Padres in a three-game series, with the Padres sweeping back. With... Then you have the Padres of San Diego taking on the Rockies, with the Padres taking three-game series sweep over the Rockies. Then in Arizona, you had the Dodgers taking on the Diamondbacks with the Dodgers taking two out of three. And then in San Francisco, we had Seattle taking on the Giants with the Giants taking two out of the taking two games. Then in the weekend series, we had the Orioles taking on the Yankees, the Yankees getting back on track. Aroldis Chapman allegedly soiled himself, but the Yankees did not as they sweep that series four games to none. <laughs> Then a nice seven-game series in Miami, the longest series in 53 years that featured two doubleheaders and three makeup games between the Phillies and Marlins, with the Marlins taking five out of seven. And then up in Washington, you have the Braves taking on the Nationals, with the Braves taking three out of four. Back to Buffalo with the Mets taking on the Blue Jays, with the Blue Jays taking two out of three. Four-game series in St. Pete down at the Trop with the Red Sox and Rays putting a four-game series, two games apiece. Out in Kansas City, we had the Pirates taking on the Royals, with the Royals taking three games in that series. 
four-game series down in Arlington between the A's and Rangers, with both teams splitting that series two games apiece. Cleveland, Minnesota taking on each other in the Twin Cities with the, with the Twins taking three games in that series. And then the Windy City, you have the Motor City Kitties taking on the White Sox, with the White Sox taking all three of that series as well. And then in Milwaukee, you have the Cubs taking on the Brewers, with the Cubs taking two out of three. Cincinnati headed to St. Louis to take on the Cardinals. They took two out of three from the Cards. Out west in the Rocky Mountains, you had the Angels going to Mile High with take on the Rockies, and they came out winners, taking two out of three. Then Seattle went down to the desert to take on the Diamondbacks, and they took two out of three from the D-backs. And to close out this, this weekend, you had the Padres and Giants taking on each other, and you had one, one game postponed that's to be determined because of coronavirus concerns, but they were able to play two games with the Padres taking both of those games. What? No more? <laughs> oh, yes, no more. That's it. <laughs> no, wow, man. There's a lot going on and all, all that activity. It's not surprising. We posted this before about the injuries list has is, is grown so much, and these players are out there playing every day. I mean, during a regular season, they play all the time, but not like this. I mean, we wound up having these guys because of, postponements of coronavirus games and they have to go back out there and play double headers. Now I know that, you know, if you're playing double header, you're doing seven innings each, but that's still a lot period. And when you continue to go on and on and on and that five day rotations, not I mean five game rotations, more like a five day rotation that gets to be a bit of a push on the pitchers as well. The whole thing, whole year has been weird. I mean, you don't have the ramp up time. You had all that time off. There's only so much, you can do is stay loose during the off time and then basically get thrown almost right back into the fire and in, into games that matter. And to now have to worry about double headers and makeup games, trying to stay on schedule, you don't really have as much time to say, okay, you can have the day off because we're at a point in the season where the whole year has been, every game matters and it's really changed. Well, it'll be all over soon. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be painful and painless for others. And it's it's going to be here, boys and girls. You know, by the end of October, we're going to have a World Series champion. Keep your fingers crossed for your teams out there. And, Brandon, with anything, anything else we want to add to the show today? Uh, I don't have anything. Okay. I want to thank all of our audience here today joining us on Baseball Biz. And just remember, you can find Brandon and I also on Twitter. Brandon, you're at the, or I should say, you're at at the Sports Blitz one, and that's a numeric one at the Sports Blitz one. And for baseball biz, you can put in at the baseball biz. So if you want to put, leave us any comments or share anything you can there. If you want to put any comments on Apple, iTunes, that's great. We welcome that. And anything you want, you have to say, uh, you're our fans and we love you. So go ahead, continue to listen to us. And if there's a topic you want to, us to address, let us know that on Twitter as well. Well, I'm Mark Carbett here with Brandon Oway, and we're wrapping up yet another edition of Baseball Biz. I want to wish everybody a great day, and we'll talk with you real soon. Yeah. Yeah.